I'm a bit grumpy today. Grumpy? <laughs> yeah. It's a terrible draft to be. Thank you very much. What dwarf would you be? Uh, I would be... Doc. I'd be Don. <laughs> you get it, Don? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Game Central podcast brought to you this week by JD Weatherspoon's Steak Night. Uh, you can get a 14 ounce Aberdeen Anchors rum steak, an 8 ounce rum steak, an 8 ounce sirloin steak, and a 10 ounce gammon steak with free range eggs, which is Gareth's favourite, isn't it, Gareth? I quite like the 14 ounce, to be honest. It's the 14 wasn't even on them. That must be an Northern thing. He does. <laughs> Uh, a weekly gaming show by three British guys with a passion for gaming, among other things. When you listen to this, it may not be April Fool's Day as it is today, but hopefully we'll use your eagle ears to listen out for some subtle April Fool's pranks scattered throughout the show. Gareth, I'm having your baby. Well, that's awkward. April Fool's. Oh, I was going to say, because we had sex ten months ago, so <laughs> the timing just <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> Well, for all the listeners out there, I'll give you that one for free. But just remember, they will not be that easy to spot. But who are these three British guys? Isn't three a crowd? Well, when one of the hosts is only a few inches from being a certified wolf, luckily, there will always be plenty of space between us. That's Don, by the way. First up is Gareth Williams. Successful, handsome and interesting. These are just three words you wouldn't use to describe the Wolf of Manchester. But loyal definitely would be. Also, bronze. Bronze is a word forever scolded into him with regret. Much like Edward Norton's character Nazi tattoos in the film American History X. A great film which ended much like most of Gareth's Friday nights, sat in a urinal, having had a man unloaded into him and covered in his own blood. Do you want to explain that one to him, Don? Because he hasn't seen the ending. (laughs) And I think I'm going to keep it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Don Goss has stopped playing Destiny and has spent this week playing something else yeah of course yeah that's about it really when it comes to Don Uh, and last (laughs) and least is I at Rob Walker I have low self esteem so what on earth is this podcast all about whether you've been with us since the beginning or have only just stuck your head around the corner out of curiosity like we all do as a child and our mum is in the bath. We welcome you one and all. Don Goss will be sharing his hot gossip. Not only is gossip a pun on his name, but it also contains gossip so hot it would simply be ludicrous to include it amongst the usual news. Then we look back at all the big stories to have happened this week, including a certain piece of Zelda news that will make Gareth all smug about himself and make him act like Jesus mixed with a Mayan and Mystic Meg. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't want to talk about that news story because you can already tell that he's sort of welling up with pride. <laughs> and oh, then we have our feature. Sorry, sorry, Gareth. I'm saying, it's just, yeah. Okay. And then on to our feature. Is having missing children on milk cartons just an American thing? <laughs> yes. Because I don't think I've ever seen it here. Why do I talk about missing children, I hear you say? Why? Well, we won't be investigating the disappearance of children. That would be too much effort, but we will be looking back at certain games and ask, where are they now? Are they games that have gone on to build on their success, like World of Warcraft, 
Or has it gone on to become a sort of virtual Middle Earth like Shire, where hobbits can get together and feel that they are not alone, much like Destiny servers are being used for nowadays? <laughs> yeah. Then it's yeah. on to what we've been playing, where Don will give us up-to-date news regarding the goes-on of said Shire. But first, without further ado, it's Don's Hot Gossip. That's the actual... Right, so, Doc, what have we this week when it comes to news? This, remember, this is news that's so hot, it cannot be contained in the actual news section. Uh, there's that's, been quite a lot this true. week, and I don't think you want to justify Gareth's sort of predictions a few weeks ago by uh, telling everyone that the Zelda news is the biggest news. So you're going to kind of... <coughs> that's because uh, it's not the biggest news. Rain it's, on barely, it's barely news yeah. at all, never mind the exactly. biggest news. So it it's wouldn't be because it, you know, it wouldn't even register in a normal week. It's something that happens every week in the world of games. Yeah, but, delays. Uh, it happens. Yeah, get used to it, you know, it's, that's, that's life. But um, <laughs> uh, the actual news does still involve Nintendo, surprisingly enough. Okay. Um, that old, uh, that guy that used to exist but doesn't anymore, Hideo Kojima. Oh, yes. Um, Turns out he's been uh, offered a job by uh, a certain Japanese developer by the name of Nintendo. So, oh, uh, what? His name is Nintendo, the man that offered him a job. No, that's the company that's offered him the job. Okay, that's all. Uh, nice. So uh, they're putting him to work on their their new uh, NX console, which is uh, coming yeah. out at some point in the future. So you can uh, expect to see Metal Gear Mario uh, in 2017 on the Nintendo NX. Beautiful, beautiful thing. But Don, I'm not being racist, but it was only going to be a matter of time before he was headhunted, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, man of that (laughs) talent and uh, broad broad scope of uh, gaming catalogue that he has in his back back catalogue. He's, uh... you know, uh, Don, also, sorry, I've got a bit of a fever. Um, the and as I said a few weeks ago, it kind of uh, backs up the story that I say that you know in Japan it's sort of like at the moment with developers, it's them against us. So really, he was only ever going to work with an intent uh, a Japanese-based company, wasn't he? Yeah, totally. I look forward to a Lunar Night sequel because that was a great game. Or Baduk Bakugan, the sun is in your hands. You mean Budokai? Badoo Kite? No, Wait. that was uh, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, it was. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bakugan <laughs> is like a game where you throw balls that turn into robots. No, that's... Uh, I don't know. But uh, this was a game that you could play in daylight and you stored the daylight on the cartridge for Bok-tai. a sense. Boktai. that's it. The sun yeah. is in your hands. So hopefully, Kojima, because let's be honest, the Wii U, Don, yeah. It hasn't been really fulfilled its its big ambitions, has it? And they need a, a character like Kojima to go in there and get the best out of those consoles and use all the features in an interesting way. Because the Wii That's U, true. let's be honest, it, it just hasn't. It's hard well, to blame those. The old, uh, the old gossip. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, if uh, the old gossip lines would be believed, you uh, should be lucky in about two years' time when you finally... Uh, Get around to releasing some new games on that lovely new console that does God knows what. 
absolutely fantastic. So that's the hot gossip for this week. Uh, now it's on to the regular news. So, as for PC gamers, the Master Race, discs are a bit beneath them. Going into a store and having to look around games with the rest of the console owners uh, that stink. Uh, it will not be available at retail for PC. I'm talking about Batman Arkham Knights is a digital-only release on PC. Maybe on a console this would be big news, but PC, Gareth, you know, this this is an everyday occurrence, isn't it, really? What, what, what's it telling us? Um... I think it's going to be a bit of an interesting experiment because no real like high-profile games have done this yet, where they just haven't made any physical copies at all. Yeah. So it'd be interesting everyone to uses see. Steam, don't they? Literally, everyone uses Steam for all their games on PC. Well, yes, but often like a physical disc can be cheaper until like a Steam sale. But if you're like, uh, you know, if you're not very patient, you might just go and get the, the disc for cheaper. Or sometimes, like, my StarCraft 2 disc had, like, a really cool cover where, like, you could unfold it all and it was, like, Velcroed shut. And then when you opened it up, it had all the units on the inside and there was a big epic battle uh, piece of artwork inside and then you could fold it all back in. And you won't get that yeah. with just a digital thing. But I think if if this game releases a little bit cheaper to offset people who would have gone for like a cheaper disc release and it still sells really well then yeah it's sort of be like a proof of concept for the rest of the pc game mm. uh, sellers which is okay. uh, encouraging because normally when you buy a disc based pc game you have to friggin activate it on steam anyway before you can even play it <laughs> so yeah might as well Right, so um, April Fools, it is April Fools today, which is April the 1st, 2015. Uh, there's been a lot of pranks out there, Gareth. And now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I've ever fallen for an April Fools prank, um, pretty much because the reason is that they come out on April Fools, which is April <laughs> Fools Day. So I don't think I've ever genuinely been caught out by one. But, uh, <coughs> Don, there, there, are, also, there are there are. There's few, been yeah. loads today out on the, on, if you're on Twitter and Facebook, there's been... Oh, every year it's so dull and boring and oh my god they're all just obvious and just yeah. pathetic and yeah. like the, the PlayStation and Twitter account this um, today just tweeted about this nonsense PlayStation flow thing just mm. endlessly and I just felt like saying to the guys doing it are you not cringing and every time you're being forced to post this fucking thing as if it's real yeah and they did it like 10 times in the morning Yeah, as if you didn't get it the first time sucks it's just and then they and then they went to all the bother in the afternoon of going oh that thing we went on about today guess what no sorry guys it wasn't real oh oh thanks thanks very much Uh, oh what a shame has has your girlfriend come to the climax of one of the most elaborate april fool's day jokes ever not yet. She. Uh, I'll, I'll be seeing her tomorrow. So thankfully. Um, well, she's got until twelve o'clock tonight. So wow. Just go April Fools. Well, this afternoon, technically, it, the yeah. Yeah, jig was up. So. Oh, there you go, no. uh, Gareth. You know you don't like. Uh, you don't think Arkham Knight's gonna be very good. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're playing it, come into that realization. How would you like to play it on a Batman Arkham Knight limited edition console bundle? Uh, no offense, mate. What about if it was given to you? 
Uh, Alright then. <laughs> well, uh, if Obviously Gareth's opinion matters to no one, yeah, but if you're listening rock steady and you want him to be bribed, just send him one of these consoles. He loves all that sort Although, of Although, you know, I would say that if people were doubting the power of my predictions before this week about games... I don't really know what you're going on about, to be honest. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe they would trust my my predictions a bit more. Maybe they'll be thinking, ooh, maybe Batman Arkham Knight is going to be crap. Because okay. Gareth said it, and that Jesus. guy knows. They're not going to write in a, a book in the future that there was a man from up north who made <laughs> incredible predictions. He had long hair and a long beard, and he went around and he gave himself up for all of our sins. You all laughed at me. You all said, no, Gareth, you're an idiot. Legend yeah. of Zelda's definitely coming out this year. You're wrong. Yeah. And I said it was my certainty, my definitely going to happen prediction of the year yeah, but... was that Zelda would get delayed and it won't come out oh, this has year. It, has it been delayed? Yes. Oh, I didn't read. I didn't, I didn't know. Did you, Don? <laughs> Fuck you. No. I'll have notice. to look it up to confirm it. Was yeah. it even meant to be able to come out this year? I don't remember, I don't to be know. honest. Release dates are so, you know... It was quite an ambitious game. I don't think they would have slayed it to come out in 2015. You can be all blasé about it, but I know you're just jealous of my we are. my skills. Your soothsaying. <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, you didn't see this coming on. Uh, Mortal Kombat X DLC character characters will be playable on free rotation yeah you know uh, so what, what that means one changes every hour one changes every day and one is called the premier tower which is kind of like an event tower so you know the roster can change from a day-to-day basis but to be honest in fighting games i don't know about you guys but i'll pick my favorite one or two and i'll stick with them it doesn't really bother me too much <coughs> yeah but this is an interesting way of going about it it's like the uh, you know not releasing Batman as a physical disc. It's like an experiment. Yeah. It's like no other fighting game has really tried anything even approaching this, so it's going to be interesting to see how well it's received, but I, th- I think that game's going to be pretty cool anyway. This is like something they didn't even have to do to sell DLC, but they're yeah. throwing it in there anyway to like you know to give something extra to the <coughs> consumer, which is always a good thing. Well, like I say, Gareth, there's been a lot more... I think publishers are becoming and developers are becoming a lot more savvy when it comes to marketing their game. Um, I've seen lately that, you know, there seems to be the second wind in that they they market the game and they give it an initial release and then there'll be this second stage where they try and sort of mop up the last few people, as we saw last week with the crew giving away a two-hour uh, sort of demo of the game. And this was like weeks after the release. Yeah. months but it's just if no one's going to pick it up they're not going to pick it up and if they just do this they throw it out it's kind of like a sort of last gasp try to get people to pull them back in and it works same with Forza they've made that um, Fast and Furious DLC free until the 14th of April yeah so it's that is like a tenner isn't it yeah but at the moment you can download it for absolutely free and I didn't know because I'm an idiot I thought I love Forza Horizon. I absolutely love it. So I found out the uh, DLC was coming out. So I downloaded that. And while I was downloading it, I was on the bus to my local town to uh, pick up a copy of Forza. And I'm driving around Forza trying to find where this uh, Fast and Furious DLC is supposed to be. Is it on the menu? Is it in a separate menu? Then I find out it's a standalone game. and I didn't even need the full game to play it. So you can imagine how uh, f- how emotional that was for me. 
I waste. I don't see it as wasting thirty pounds because it's a lovely game. But again, that's them saying, okay, I think we've got the the people that are going to buy it. They've already bought it. Let's just throw this out as a kind of last ditch, uh, sort of fishing hook. You know that saying that we say, the last ditch fishing hook. We all do that. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, maybe it's going to work. People will go out and say, you know what, Forza Horizon isn't what I think it is because people. Are you two still there? Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Forza, uh, people normally uh, associate that with dull, sort of serious gameplay. Um, so to let people have a chance to see that it's not that and it's a little bit more, doesn't take itself so seriously, is a big thing. And, you know, people are starting to buy it again, people that wouldn't have otherwise bought it already. Hmm. Thank you very much. Silent Hills, Zone of the Enders, remove Kojima mentions. Now, Kojima, I, Konami are just treating this guy... With utter disrespect, I think. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't really get what. It's a bit spiteful, isn't it? It just Childish. seems mental. I don't know what they're. But it seems like there's been some. It, he might as well have gone up to the head of Konami and punched him in the face to get yeah. treated this way. I'm not sure actually what he's actually done to deserve all just being completely erased from the face of Konami forever. I don't know what he must have done or what he could have done or what he has. It's just, it seems you know, mental. Maybe this is my naivety uh, of not being very world weary. But, you know, from what I've read about the Japanese, they're very like humble people that they say uh, Miyamoto takes home a modest salary. Like he isn't someone that gets paid millions and millions of pounds. Same with Kojima. And there's a, quite a lot of honour in it and stuff and respect for your fellow professionals and stuff. Yeah. So for them to just literally strip any mention of him from their games, it, it's kind of like they're, they're punishing him in a way and showing him a lack of respect. Yeah. Especially when it's, I mean, Metal Gear Solid's his game, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And just to have just taken his name off of Metal Gear Solid 5, just that alone is insane. I just, fuck no. <coughs> I'd like to know what actually is going on with him, what they've actually done. Well, but what 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 is Konami's loss will be Nintendo's gain, literally, because you know he's going over to Nintendo. They've lost a brilliant developer, and he's going to bring a fan club with him. I don't mean like everyone behind him going, "Hey, Kojima, you're amazing." I mean literally, he's going to have a bunch of fans that are going to jump ship and move over with him because they like his games. And could the Kojima? Hideo, Hideo Kojima is a seal of approval. It's like mm. a Nintendo seal of quality. Yeah. When you've got that on the box, you know what you're getting. The same with Rockstar so, and Kojima fans. So for you, Rob, because I know you were kind of looking forward to Silent Hills, does his name being taken off it like make you less excited? Um, I wouldn't say it makes me less excited. It, it, it makes me feel that the game will be less ambitious. Okay. And it, it makes me feel that it will be a lot more sort of streamlined. It will be a lot more kind of... Because I thought Kashima was going to be brought in to change it up a bit because after the PlayStation 2 series ended uh, and it went over to Next Generation with Homecoming and Downpour and it went all Americanized. I thought it was very... very lacklustre, really. They, they weren't games, they weren't scary, they, weren't, they thought they were psychological, but a bit like the film, they were a bit too heavy-handed. I thought that Kashima... Who was he working with again to do it? Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, that mm-hmm. they were going to bring that kind of edginess back and that sinister feeling because we all saw with PT what that was giving. And, you know, I was watching a video of that and someone that doesn't normally get scared, <laughs> it was a genuinely scary game. 
and uh, really high hopes for it. But for now, what are Konami going to do? Are they going to develop it in-house or are they going to ship it out to some American studio that doesn't know what to do with it again? Which would be a shame, but there we go. Yeah. I wonder if Del Toro will stick around. I don't think so. I think they're going to just kick him out as well. (laughs) But I haven't done anything. It's all Kojima. Who's stirring it up? They say, oh, well, we don't care. See you later, Del Toro. Well, like, often with, like, uh, producers and more creative types, there's like solidarity there, isn't there? So maybe he's like, yeah. if they're taking his name off it, I don't want anything to do with it. It could be that kind yeah. of situation. Because it seems like Kojima was probably one of the main influences in getting him on board. Yeah. Uh, saying, look, well, I want to do this. I don't know if they approached him or he approached Konami and said, you know, I am Hideo Kojima and I think I can bring Silent Hills back to being relevant again. He said, and, uh, I am Hideo why. Kojima. I saw uh, Pan's Labyrinth on a plane. Yeah. Give me that guy. Get me that guy because I believe he can do it. And that's someone who's saying, look, the games we're making are not good enough. I Let me head the studio. Let me do it. And it's going to be fantastic. Same as Castlevania, uh, the first one, Laws of Shadow. Fantastic game. We don't know how much influence Kojima had on it, but it was just so so good, so tight. I'd like to have seen a, a, what it was like before Kojima joined them and sort of acted as an advisor. But, you know, if, if if he put any sort of quality in that, it's very good and it should carry on, really. But, uh, like I say, Nintendo, we don't know if he's going to get to do the sort of thing that he likes to do, that kind of adult-orientated thing. Or, I know it's a bit naive and a bit silly to say, oh, because he's working on a Nintendo console, he's not going to be able to explore the sort of adult themes that he's so famous for doing, all that psychological stuff. Because someone would just sit there probably dribbling over the uh, controller wondering what's going on. But, well, they uh, you know they let the Ninja Gaiden people make a Metroid game. Yeah, and that didn't turn out very well. Well, by all accounts, it was good. Other M was good. It was decent. I liked okay. Other M. I thought it was cool. Mm. Well, Don just agreed with me, so no, that means it's shit. It's, <laughs> it means it's double amazing if two people <laughs> never agree both think it's it's good. Yeah, I like to see it as your Power Rangers. <laughs> and sometimes you have disagreements, but then when you do agree, you turn into a Megazord, and <laughs> then it's just double good. But I don't know why they didn't just turn into the Megazord straight away. You know, they'd, they'd notice the danger, they'd fight, they'd lose, they'd all go, and fall on the floor with explosions. And they'd say, right, we've got, we've got it's morphing time. Why not just see the enemy? You know what, guys, let's not piss around, it's morphing time. Bang. End of. Yeah. Also, they're always fighting in like an industrial section of the city. Yeah. And then when they turn into a giant robot, they're in the mountains somewhere, miles away from any human civilization. Well, you know what it's like when you're a ro- uh, massive robot, Gareth. You have to say sometimes, look, there's lots of civilians. This is a city. Let's not be awful here. Let's go out into the mountains where we're going to only cause minor death to wildlife, if anything. All right. So, but. Uh, to go off on a kind of Power Ranger tangent, uh-huh. uh, I don't know if you guys know, but all the fight scenes and stuff were filmed in Japan. Oh. And that uh... really ruined my life. <laughs> because, you know, you think that it's them in them suits doing all that choreogra- choreography, and it turns out that it's just ripped from another TV series that's in Japan. So the fight scenes and stuff like that, all of that stuff was filmed on location in Japan and then they would cut the bits out of the Japanese show, whatever it was called, I forget what it was called, and then put it into Power Rangers. 
But, you know, mm. look into it a little deeper. I've probably got some of those facts wrong. <laughs> Normally when I talk about something that I've read or looked into, I'm only about 70% right. That was a pretty high percent. Thank you. Uh, Nintendo mobile partner hopes to make $25 million a month from Dill. Now, we know about mobile games like Flappy Birds. The last thing you want to do is make money. Now, is this this has got to be the wrong way to go about it, hasn't it, Don? Uh, God, I, I don't know. I've always hated the idea of uh, mobile games. and uh, You know, it's, it's, it feels like it's just been taken out of... Nintendo's hands a little bit. I, I presume it isn't, but it feels like it's going to be with this weird DNA people. I don't know. We'll just see what yeah. kind of games they're going to come up with, really. That's well, the well it, it seems that they're, they're sort of going through their spreadsheet, it's calculating all the money they can make before they've even showed us a game. Yeah, it does feel like they've just gone, oh, if we use Mario and Luigi and, and you know, Samus this. and, yeah. you know, all those guys, then, you know, we're going to. We have a projected you calculate for, X yeah. amount of yeah. money based on the you know the popularity of those characters, and you think, well, it's not just about those characters though; it's about how good the games are that they've been in. That's why they're so popular. Well, that's why this this other quote that's worrying. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, "We want to create multiple hit games rather than aiming to succeed with just one powerful IP mm-hmm. element." Yeah. So already this shows, obviously, then not sort of appeasing their fans that are saying, oh, we don't want this. This is basically them telling you that this is what they look to make from it, $25 million a month, whatever. Um, you know, it's probably not what fans want to hear. They want to see the games. They want to see what kind of the games they're going to be looking to make. But... Yeah, and they're, and they're just saying, we're going to we're gonna churn out a fuckload of games with Nintendo yeah. characters, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically I mean, you'd assume what Nintendo have always been very protective over their, their IPs and stuff, so you'd assume Nintendo have got some kind of... <laughs> Say over the the games that they finally produce at the end. You'd hope, anyway. But um, you'd hope so, Don. Yeah, you bloody hope so. Yeah. Well, uh, Gareth. Yeah. Uh, GTA Five on PC unveils fifteen new four K screenshots. Now, yeah. have you seen these, Gareth? They are pretty as a picture. They are four K. I don't think my PC is going to be able to run it. <laughs> I don't think anyone's is, to be honest. But, man, that game looks... How does that game look so good? It's like three years yeah. old with updated textures. Like, how have Rockstar done this so quick? Yeah. It's fucking insane. <coughs> Obviously, they, I exaggerated. Uh, unless they developed it and took it to this stage before sort of downgrading it for the current-gen consoles... Because there was always rumours that you know it was supposed to be an Xbox One PS4 launch game, um, but they sort of released it for last generation formats. But I don't think we'll ever know because they're not exactly people that open up about their inner workings, are they, Rockstar? No, it's not like they'd ever make a, a TV show out of the development hey, hey. of their game or anything. <laughs> Sorry, Gareth. Like I said to you, I read the facts. And only about seventy percent that I uh, <laughs> that I regurgitate actually makes any sense. And I'm not gonna I mean. I'm not gonna apologise for that. That's all right. Uh, can I give a quick shout out before we end the news section? Give it to me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout out to at Snide Schneider on Twitter. Yeah. Who, uh, <laughs> as soon as this Zelda news was breaking, yeah, oh, for God, tweeted sake. at me and said, "Are you a wizard?" <sighs> yes, what, I am. No, a wizard. Hair and beard. Predicting games going to be delayed, I don't know. I 
doesn't seem like a particularly magic skill to me. Oh, is that why you maybe, said maybe I was me. insane for saying it? Maybe it's, maybe it's just me. Although it's, uh, it is April Fool's Day, so... Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, I the, don't think the defence that only works once too. a year and it happens to be today. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we'll wait till next week, maybe, Gareth, before we can uh, give you full clarification Bastards. of your w- winning mentality, okay? Okay. Hi everyone, it's time for your weekly video game music segment with me, Gareth. Uh, this weekend uh, is the Easter weekend, which is where Classic FM are going to play all the tracks that were submitted to the Hall of Fame. Fingers crossed there'll be some video game music in there, so we can see how we've done at that uh, by next week's episode. But this week I want to keep it all about Hotline Miami 2 soundtrack, believe it or not. Um, it's still the soundtrack I can't really get out of my head. Um, and what I like doing for this soundtrack, as you'll have heard in the past few weeks, is playing songs that sound like, how could they possibly be part of the same soundtrack, but at the same time they they share things that make them fit perfectly into the same soundtrack. So with that in mind, the first track I'll be playing is by Mitch Murder, and it's called Frantic Aerobics, uh, and it's kind of, as the name suggests, sort of a a campy more fun song but uh, still you can see how it fits into the Hotline Mary 2 soundtrack and then uh, the second song is by Mega Drive and it's called Narc and it's a much more like thumping uh, sort of club track that also fits into that audio aesthetic so this is from Hotline Mary 2 the first track is by Mitch Murder and it's called Frantic Aerobics and the second track is by Mega Drive and it's called Narc.
How long does a game appeal last? Two years? Two months? Two days? Sometimes we build ourselves up over many months of the arrival of a game, only to lose interest faster than it takes to take it out of its wrapper. Is it a growing trend? Are games now seen as a throwaway form of entertainment? There was a time when a game would build a committed user base over a number of years, but is a game still able to do this if released today? Our consumer culture is ravenous as we devour what is served up in front of us and then shout for dessert without having cleared our plate first. Are we in trouble with gaming burnout? Do most games deserve to have their servers empty only after a few weeks of release? I'm asking too many questions. Have I forgotten what the whole point of this feature is? If I was an hermaphrodite, could I technically have sex with myself and become pregnant? All of these questions will be answered, <laughs> apart from the hermaphrodite one, as we ask, games, where are they now? <laughs> That's a good delivery. That's what she said. <laughs> now, Titanfall was released to a lot of hype touted as the next generation of multiplayer shooters it played fantastically and had a thriving community but before long you wouldn't have heard it mentioned having been on the xbox live sales for 10 pound and the season pass being practically given away actually given away we have to ask the question titanfall where is it now so gareth where is it now um titanfall is is still around Yes, yeah. it's, uh, it's a game. I downloaded Gareth. all the DLC for it and never played any of it. Go on, Sam. Um, yeah, Titanfall is probably the most obvious entry into this feature. Yeah, because of how fast it lost absolutely every user it had. Yeah, this is insane, especially because of how much was put into like marketing that game. Yeah kind of embarrassing for EA I'd yep. say uh, but I, I'm i the only one who played it right so I guess it's not that surprising <laughs> no I think we uh, did you play it Don because I played it for a little bit uh, no, and I, I was just happy at how smooth it was how fantastically well it played but I left the game without an incentive to feel that I needed to come back yeah, yeah. and that's I think, like, I sort of attributed that to the game's failing, was that there was no real incentive to keep going. But then, yeah. another example of this that we're going to talk about has apparently shitloads of character progression and loads of things to unlock and stuff. Yeah. And still, everyone's dropped off that in about two weeks. So that's... Right. Okay. So... We talk about uh, Titanfall, a perfectly acceptable game, but even it, it seems as we go through this, even being a brilliantly playable game with some fantastic mechanics isn't enough to keep people interested. So, is Titanfall an outpatient on an open ward in intensive care or being chucked in a furnace in the hospital mortuary because it has no family members to pick up its corpse? <laughs> oh my God. Whereabouts is it, Gareth? That um, happens, mate. That happens. I mean, the if you, would have you not want to believe that it happens, but it does. If you, if you had any doubts that it was in the furnace before they gave away every single bit of DLC for completely free, yeah, then you have no doubts after that because that was a <coughs> desperation move that, by yeah. all accounts, didn't pay off. Because I still don't know anyone who even played it after that. No, which is well, a shame. Be. But touted as the new breed of co-op online shooters. 
big things are expected from it. But it seems that people have abandoned the game quicker than it takes Don to brush his hair in the morning. It's evolved. <laughs> so evolved. That that was a big thing, wasn't it? Everyone was talking about it and you know, this is gonna be brilliant and then there was a beta and Jamie Hawkey Lawrence came on and he was singing its praises. You know, it was in the magazines, it was in the adverts, everyone was going crazy and it released. I dropped my phone on the floor. Oh, that's all right. You always wonder when you've got an iPhone, that drop, is that going to be the drop that ends it? <laughs> this one. It lives to fight another day. So Evolve. Um, I saw, I'm a member of a few uh, gaming groups on Facebook where they sort of buy, trade, sell games. And I think a week or so after, people were just putting it up for sale for like £25. <laughs> <laughs> And people, the people were saying, you know, there's not enough variety. Once you play one round or one game, it feels like you've played it all. And uh, I was speaking to Jamie uh, Lawrence today. Uh, is it he doesn't like to be called Jamie, does he? Uh, no, it's James. Someone in high yeah. school was called Jamie, and he was a dick. I think. Yeah. Right. So I was speaking to Jamie today, and I said, uh, "What <laughs> is it about Evolve?" You know, are you enjoying it? And he said, it's exactly what I hope for. And I have a go every now and then. You know, for someone that was so frothing at the gash for it, for it to be something that he plays now and again, you know, he didn't really ever play it to any sort of regular basis. It's a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, it seemed like it had some potential, but right from the uh, right from the beta, I think we were all kind of, Questioning whether it was actually going to be a game of any longevity. Or no, 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 Don. Don, we're not talking about Destiny. We're talking about Evolve, mate. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny because Destiny still has three million people playing every single day. But never mind. Um, but Evolve, oh, it looked like there was, you know, we were all going. Oh, there's only three monsters. It's it's kind of four versus one only. There's there's like three game modes, and they're all basically add up to like pretty much the same sort of thing. There's no single-player mode. How much is this really going to keep people interested for? And it turns out about seven or eight days. Because especially if it's so online-focused, it is pretty important that you have people to play online with, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's, so... that's pretty much an over. But all they need to do is add zombies. I reckon, <laughs> if, no, seriously, if you took away the monsters right, and you just added zombies, people could be zombies, you could be soldiers. It would sell a shit ton. It's called so Left 4 Dead. Last... Exactly. Made by the same people who made of all. Yeah, so back to the zombies. Valve. We want Valve. Who was it? What? Who made Left 4 Dead? Oh, yeah, it, it was Valve. Oh, thank then you. Then some man. people left and made Turtle Rock Studios, who then made Evolve. So, Evolve. <clears throat> Where is it now? Is it an outpatient, open ward, intensive care, or being chucked in a furnace in the mortuary because it has no family to pick up its corpse I'd say it's in intensive care you know it depends what they do next I still think it's hanging in the balance you know uh, Turtle Rock Studio as we've left for dead they released add-ons they they released patches and stuff and it's the next sort of bit of add-on content is going to be very important if they are going to add it uh, you know I don't know though because What's the, what's the answer? Do they 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 offer a sort of two two hour demo of the game? Get more people online and show them what it's all about, because 
I'm certainly not interested in going out and getting it. And uh, people seem to be sticking to their games, such as Modern Warfare, Destiny, and stuff like that. You just can't prize them away. Well, I think what what we're learning is that uh, purely online multiplayer games aren't what people want. Because both yeah. Evolve and Destiny are those. People want something with a good single player. That <laughs> He's then... trying to bait that Don. Can you feel it? He <laughs> really is. At least Destiny has has some kind of campaign though like that, you need something like yeah. 10 15 hours to force you to play through before you're interested in multiplayer that's what i think yeah that's mm-hmm. the, that's what it is isn't it because basically it's an, a multiplayer only game tells you you're gonna have to invest a lot of time in this to be able to catch up to where everyone else is so you can level up at perks mm. okay so the crew where is it now Open world racer, check. Dozens of cars, check. Ludicrous plotline, check. But now it seems that gamers have abandoned the cars faster than it takes Gareth to gobble down a Weatherspoon steak, pelican-like. So <laughs> this, this was a game that was released recently, offered for free, uh, for two hours. And just as I imagined, it wasn't as good as Forza Horizon 2. Is it the case? Is this what it is? If you're an online shooter and you're not as good as, all right, we can add Destiny into that, Don, make you feel a bit happy about it, Advanced <laughs> Warfare. If you're a racing game and you're not as good as Forza Horizon 2 or, you know, PlayStation 4's got a game called Drive Club. If you're an online sort of open world game and you're not as good as GTA 5, is your game basically going to crash as people revert to their favourite games of the genre? Yeah, I think part of the problem with this, and part of the problem with the things like Evolve, is the marketplace is too crowded for, yeah. for this. There's, there's been like five racing games released in the space of five minutes uh, on yeah. the new platforms. It's, it's mental, and people just don't have the room for all of them. You bring out one brilliant one like Forza, Forza 2, uh, or Forza Horizon 2, and people don't want another. You don't need another one. You don't want another yeah. one. Or you're going to wait until you're maybe something like GTA uh, the new GT, sorry GTA. Um, <laughs> the new Gran Turismo um, comes out. Maybe if if you want a different kind of racer. Um, but if you want, you know, just a an online kind of more arcadey experience, then you've that's catered for for you already. You don't need an, another one of these. And and then you've got oh Christ, what's that other one? Project Cars. That's also yeah. coming. It's like Jesus that you know. There's there's just too many. The, the marketplace has been crowded too quickly by too many games that are too similar yeah there's nothing really to distinguish them they all look amazing they all got online opponent components and what's really to tell the difference between them really but you know i find that sometimes the multiplayer side of things this open world it, it lets games down because playing the crew all i could see was kind of idiots just sort of wheel spinning and they'd crash into you while you're driving around the free roaming exploration it's like, if you're going to have an open world game like that, people have to play a part to stop the whole illusion crashing down. Yeah. And, you know, it's it doesn't sort of, it doesn't show us sort of uh, real world. It doesn't feel like you're actually in a living, breathing world. It feels like you're in a world full of idiots. And it's the same with GTA. When that came out, a lot of people got stressed out because people were not sort of playing their roles in the game world. Sorry. <coughs> And they were just going around shooting other people and just trolling people and annoying people. And it was the same with the crew. You know, I'll just be driving along and then someone would come along and just smash me in the side and take me out. And I'm sure they found it 
very funny and very nice. Same with Dying Light. It was a much better game for not being a uh, multiplayer-only experience. Um, but we're coming off away from the crew now. But, the, you know, there just isn't a part of me that feels like I need to play the crew, and it's probably the same with you guys as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in getting Drive Club at some point. Uh, but, but that's it. I, I, I don't want the crew and Project Cars. Um, if I had an Xbox, I, I, instead of Drive Club, I'd certainly go for Forza Horizon 2. But yeah. it's simply that. There's, there's one driving yeah. game out of all the, uh, those on offer that I think I'm more interested in than all the others. I'm not going to touch the other three that are also available at the exact same time because there's yeah. just no need. You know, yeah. it's just absolutely no need. So it's not surprising that something like this. And I think the crew got slightly middling reviews as well, <laughs> yeah. um, which probably didn't help, uh, especially when you've got other things like Forza and stuff getting and excellent think... reviews. When something like Forza is so uh, spectacular, it also brings down the scores of things like the crew, of what we yeah, exactly. we expect from games. If crew was launched, you know, a few months before what we saw Forza Horizon Two could, it may have got an eight, but because it can't do that, the 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 bars, the goalposts are forever being pushed forward, and it's kind of hard if you're one of these, and you, and you're actually developing the game at the same time to really get a feel for what's going on and what you need to do to stay relevant. Yeah. Right, so Call of Duty 4, where is it now? <laughs> Back in 2007, Call of Duty 4 became synonymous with amazing console multiplayer gaming and introduced perks to us for the first time. But logging back onto COD 4 now reveals it has been involved in more hacking than Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers combined, who are both horror, uh, horror icons, and they're responsible for a lot of killing. And what I mean by hacking is Jason Voorhees would like use a machete and he would just hack people. And also what hacking is, is it's a form of sort of spoiling a game for other people to give yourself an advantage. So that's where the joke is on that one. <laughs> so have either of you been on Call of Duty 4 lately? No. no. No, even on Xbox 360, I went on there last month and there are mods on there. There are hacks. There are all sorts of things. And, it's strange that people still like to play it, but there's things like, I don't know if it's just a PC version, I'm not sure if it's on console, but people can turn themselves into furniture and stuff <laughs> like that. So, say you're on a map like Crossfire, you can go into the game's menu and you can become the texture mapped version of any physical object on that map. So what, you what, could, Just like, sit um, there as a chair and just shoot people as they come past? Yeah, so you, you literally have no chance. Hmm. <clears throat> Unless you me- memorise where every sort of extractor fan, every chair is, every piece of rubble, every piece of fencing is. And uh, you can't go back to that. That would still be a quality game now if it was if the servers were maintained. We talk about Evolve and stuff like that, losing its stuff, but that would still be a very, very tight game to this day. The maps are superb. They're all finely designed. The gameplay is next to none. You know, the, the team-based gameplay is fantastic. And I believe if it had a HD remake or something, it would still be as relevant today as it was when it was first released because I still believe that those maps are... They're just genius. Hmm. Agree with me, one of you? Quick. Yeah, yeah really good maps. Excellent. Great map. I like the map where the helicopters crashed in the middle of yeah. it. And you Do you know what that's called? No. A helicopter crash map. No, it's just it's called Crash. Oh. Yeah. It's really hard to remember, that's why I forgot. Yeah. 
and that is that is the one and only game that I have played online multiplayer for you know months and months and months. Even on Christmas Day, when the servers were just shot to hell, we would all sit on there and we'd get like one match every three quarters of an hour because we kept getting disconnected. But because we love the game so much, because I know what Don means when he talks about Destiny, about having that community there. And, you know, you're just going in such perfect harmony that, you know, your your win streak, I think my win streak at one point was about 57 matches undefeated because we were just like a world, well-oiled machine. And it became addictive to just do it because when you're good at something, it's brilliant. And, you know, you kind of just zone out and you know the levels. And <coughs> like I say, if that game was released as an update on Xbox One as a downloadable title, it would still hold up today. And I have no doubt about that, that it would still hold up and it would still feel great. And if you'd never played it before, it would still feel fresh. And with other Call of Duties, it doesn't matter what they've done, what they've tried to expand on, that gameplay mechanic and at its core, that game is close to perfection. Yep, I don't disagree with you. Um, I would say also kind of, while we're talking about first-person shooters, like where are they now? Yeah. No, do it in the voice, uh, Gareth. What voice? No, it's not where are they now. Is it not? No, it's, it's kind of like you're pleading. Oh, where are they now? No. No? Do you <laughs> go to now? sort of improv drama classes? No, obviously not. No. I thought you had anxiety or like issues. Why would you go to an Im- improv class? I don't. I'm just saying I'm naturally talented. <laughs> okay. Some actors don't go to improv. It's just there. It's in them. All right. Well, um, method acting. I'll say that like what killed Battlefield Four, yeah, was the massive technical issues. Because even like even though <coughs> that game didn't work for about six months, yeah, people kept trying to play it, and every new patch, people were like, yes, finally they're patching Battlefield Four. I'm going to go in. I'm going to play Battlefield Four. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Um, and everyone just kind of lost, lost the drive. You know, at a certain point, you're just sick of getting, of them crying wolf. Yeah, you know, this patch will fix guns. Now guns will accurately do damage they're supposed to do. Like, <laughs> the guns. Finally, guns yes, the guns work, everyone. And like yeah. you know, eventually they just wear you down and wear you down to the point where when they finally fix that game, which is like you know, I came to it after that because um, I built my PC like way after Battlefield 4 came out. So I got on it after it was fixed. But when I got on there, it felt like everyone on like the group and uh, on Twitter and stuff who wanted to play it with people, they just weren't having any of it, you know? Nobody could be asked because they'd just been burned so many times by Battlefield 4. Yeah. That like, that was a where are they now, like six months after it came out, even though it was still really good. <laughs> But I think what they've done, what they've done, which is, which is very good, is they've consolidated in hardline. You know, they haven't tried to expand on what they did for Battlefield Four because they realised that you know they made a lot of mistakes. And I think what hardline was, it was basically drawing a hard line and basically saying, you know, you can trust us. You know, this this is what we do. You know, we're not going to release something where we're overstretching or overreaching. We're going to release sort of, I wouldn't say it's a cut-down game, but in terms of technological sort of mechanics behind it, it is not reaching as 
for the stars as say Battlefield 4 was it's quite comfortable and it seems that there's been no real issues <coughs> in it and I think that's a very clever thing to do yeah I mean people have issues with a single player because it's basically a stealth game yeah which is stupid but yeah by all accounts that multiplayer is really good it's just yeah I wonder if people are too burned by the Battlefield series but this is the thing it's like sometimes the whole sort of mentality and the mental mind games of a game being so sort of needed to be patched keeps it relevant, keeps mm-hmm. it in the news, if you see what I mean. Like, even though it was a bit of a farce, people were still playing it, people were still giving it a chance. And all these kind of stories, these news stories, kept Battlefield 4 relevant. And uh, it, it allowed it to stay in the news and things like that. So, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, Halo the Master Chief Collection... Yeah. When that's finally ready to go, no one's going to give a fuck. Everyone's going to be like, right. fuck you. Of course it should be fucking ready to go. Well, that, well that's the thing now. I don't I don't know if it's been fixed. What, what What's going on with Halo? Uh, I heard it's kind of working. Kind of working. Now that's they ridiculous, re- isn't they it? They released yet another patch for it uh, last week. That's, to that's, fix that something ridiculous. else. And it's like, Jesus. It's just an when, ongoing... When you're, that, when you're at that point, it's it's just... You know, you've got fans, you've got understanding fans, but there comes a point where you're going to have to do a lot more than offer ODST for free, aren't you? Just take it out back, put a bullet in it, it's done. Stop trying to... (laughs) I mean, you know, the cancer's taken over the entire body. Just put it out of its misery. Or like Lenny uh, in Of Mice and Men. (laughs) George realised that, you know, he couldn't keep patching him. He kept making mistakes, Lenny, didn't he? He was doing stuff like strangling dogs and things like that. And then he kind of, uh, George made allowances for him and said, you know what, he'll be okay, just leave it. And in the end, he kind of just realised that he couldn't be free with Lenny. So like you say, I think 434 Studios or 343 or 444 or 3433 (laughs) have to put this dog down. Say, look, what we're going to do is we're going to just take it all offline. We're going to go back to basics. We're going to scrub it right up, take it all out, give it an MOT, and then we're coming back with a vengeance. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe one day that whole farce will come out. But uh, Call of Duty 4, this is what I will say. This is the game we're talking about, Gareth. Yeah. If that game was sorted out and it was t- all the idiots were taken off of it, hacking it and whatnot, that game would still be as good today as it was then. And that is the difference between a small Man. compact game and a game that's trying to Reach for the stars. Mate, you can turn into furniture now. It sounds way better than before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've got a fetish for furniture, <laughs> that's what you and your friends can be in a room and just, you know, be the furniture and have a have a chat. Right. <laughs> Could there ever be a game that has ever offered one man so little for so much time invested? League of Legends, Gareth. <laughs> How long has this game been going on for? Um, Let's see. Four years, I think I've been playing League of Legends. No, not you. It didn't start when you came along. Look, you think you're Jesus and like time begins. You said one man. I thought you wanted my... How long has League of Legends been around before, like BG, before Gareth? Or AG after Gareth? We're talking BG before Gareth. How long was it operating before you embraced it with your holiness? (laughs) Do you want me to find out exactly? No, you should know. This is supposed to be your passion. It's, it's kind of not. It kind. I like it. It's a very good game, but it's not my passion. 
Okay, so let's it. say, Gareth, what is it about League of Legends that just keeps you on bronze and keeps you playing? <laughs> <laughs> we're being serious here because obviously he's got something that other games haven't got if you were playing Destiny or Call of Duty and you thought yeah I've had quite a good game but then it comes up oh you're a dickhead we're not giving you any points for that in fact we're going to drop you down a level people will be in uproar I'm not playing this again what is it about it that gives you that kind of feeling well first of all it came out in 2009 thank you very much Gary. Um, I think What's good about League of Legends is that not only is it really satisfying to play and it's got a good hook to it, um, good art style, lots of charm, but it's yeah. just constantly being worked on. Like There'll be a new patch every few weeks that'll change something um, big about at least one thing. So like maybe a character will get completely brand new abilities and they'll take all the old abilities away replace them with new stuff. Maybe you don't even play that champion. Yeah. But it means if you play a game against that champion, it's like a fresh new experience. Mm-hmm. And it like it the game just constantly evolves. I would argue it evolves too much too fast. Personally, which That's is why I've said. fallen off recently because like yeah. the things they've been changing are just things I Sorry Gareth, can I just stop you there? Yeah. It's been announced that a nuclear bomb has dropped in London. Oh my god. How... Uh, Wait, you're in London? I am. I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to... Was it Was um, it loud? Uh, I don't know. I didn't hear it. It was just announced on the news. Huh. Uh, I'll probably be reaching you any any second now then. Well... Careless, yeah. I, I should be okay because I'm like on the second floor of these houses so the blast shouldn't affect me too much. Well, you, you've played Fallout, right? Yeah. So you're ready to go. You know what's you know what's coming. I know what's coming. You've got a room full of bottle caps <coughs> in case. I've got my play arts figures. As long as they don't melt <laughs> me to tea, I'll be fine. Yeah, because if those like if those vault boys give people stat boosts, you'll have like yeah. ten thousand strength from just your one solid snake. I tell you what, if play arts were used as some sort of Mad Max futuristic currency, I would be living like a king. But I just don't think they will be. <laughs> it's a shame about all those deaths, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But there you go. Let's get on with it, Gareth, because I may not have long left. Okay. Um, yeah, so the things they've been changing in League of Legends have been, for me, a bit too big, a bit too um, broad of a brush they've been painting across things with. Uh, like just removing entire items from the game that served a valuable purpose, replacing yeah. them with ones that don't do as good a job, and just it's kind of crazy. Plus, it helps that there's a very, very active competitive scene around that game. Yeah, like it's basically a sport. It, America um, considers it a sport for stuff like uh, visas. So, like people can move from a country to America on a work visa now to play League of Legends. Um, which is pretty crazy. Um, so yeah. it has that legitimacy to it as well, where you feel like, you know, it's free. If I were to play enough of this game, potentially, I could make money off it, and it's free, so I could I could just play as much as I want. <coughs> let's let's talk about online gaming and what League of Legends does. Okay. It, it punishes you as well as rewards you, and I think that that's something that a lot of these games sort of evolve and stuff could learn from, in that if you're playing Call of Duty... And you lose a match, maybe losing experience points, 
maybe going down a level, maybe losing a weapon that you like, would add that kind of incentive to keep pushing forward. Because at the moment, what all of these games have in common that keep getting dropped quite quickly Mm. is that continual reward, that feeling of, I've unlocked this shit, I've unlocked that shit, you know, I've got a meter going up every time I shoot someone in the head, I'm constantly being rewarded. Yeah, you could lose a match horribly in Evolve and still get XP towards unlocking something. In Call of Duty, it's only a matter of time before the worst player on the planet reaches the same level (laughs) as the best player on the planet. Yeah. It may take him a few more years, but if he plays it enough, eventually he will get there. Maybe the key is to punish people to... Because I know that if I lost a match and it said, right, your M4 customised rifle has been taken away from you because you've been downgraded, I'll think, fuck this. You want to mess with me? And I would get on the thing. i will get on to the next game and I'll be striving to do it. And if I lost again and I lost some more experience points and it made it harder for me to then get back to where I was before, I think that would spur you on. And I think that's what a lot of these games sort of miss. They miss that point. Yeah. People don't want to feel constantly rewarded. People don't want, after every game, for it to go... Pew, pew, and all these medals flying out of your face going, you've reached Commander Psycho level 24. Here's two shotguns. I think that's how it goes anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Don, he, he sometimes gets guns that he loves and you can tell it <coughs> by his face. Because <coughs> he comes on here like a proud father telling you like his, his son's first day at school and how proud he was. Yeah. If that gun was taken away from Don, how oh, sad he would feel. Yeah, exactly. He's worked for this gun for hours. That's been his aim and he's got it. But it said, you know what, Don? You should have died a few times in that last game. Well, you didn't help out as much as you could have done. You're going to get reverse points and that gun's going to be taken away from you and you have to do such and such to win it back. Do you think that would be a good incentive, Don, or would that piss you off? <clears throat> in a... Some games that would just break it. <laughs> just no, that would piss too many people off. Piss me off certainly, especially if the, the you know working to get that thing had taken you ages, or if it's something yeah. that's quite rare to drop, or you have yeah. to do a certain bunch of stuff that takes you ages, or is quite difficult to get that particular weapon. Then no, it, you'd get too pissed off and you wouldn't want to do it again. But you've got that weapon. That weapon's yours. It's mine. God damn it! If you went into a raid or whatever you hobbits call it if you were to go into that raid and you knew that there was a chance that you were going to lose that legendary weapon yeah. wouldn't that add an intensity that is missing from you guys robotically getting on there every night and just ransacking <laughs> the game it, uh, uh, well, you would feel on edge in, in your thing, heart would pump in things like raids yeah because especially if you're depending on other people in your team to do yeah. a good job and if you lost it because they fucked up and so you lost the, you know, or died or whatever, whatever it was that caused you to lose it, then yeah. But I think there should be, um, there, this is a thing I've, uh, people I've contemplated in the, in the Crucible on Destiny, especially, which is their basically, uh, multiplayer team versus team, um, PvP setup, is that there should be an ultra hard level mode where you, if you want, you can go in there, and whatever weapons you're wielding, um, you potentially lose them to players yeah. on the other team if you lose the match. Um, 
<clears throat> and if uh, if you've got exotics that have taken you ages to find or to buy um, or uh, or to do the bounties for that take you can take you quite a long time depending on how good you are at certain things, then I think that would be quite nice. And it would give other players a chance to get certain weapons that they have a difficulty getting. Yeah, and by doing uh, by doing PvP by being, you know player versus player doing some matchmaking, and it would um, be another way for people to get those exotics by <coughs> taking them off other people. Yeah, and and uh, I mean the thing is. You know, once you've got you, you've worked towards that weapon and you finally got the legendary weapon, you're like, oh yeah, I've got it. And you take your foot off the gas, and it's like, what's next? What am I going to aim for next? But when you think, hang on a minute, if I don't watch my back or I pull off the gas for a little bit, there's a chance that I could lose this legendary weapon. And I think mm. like Gareth, he's stuck in his never-ending bronze nightmare. <laughs> that he he's always hoping to get out of it, and it might be crazy, and it might be a lost cause. But he genuinely believes that one day he will step out of the bronze shadow and walk into the light. All right, so we've kind of got away from <laughs> what we were talking about originally. Where is it now? You know, we're talking about that. But I think it is, you know, it's relevant to say that a lot of these games, all the ones that seem to have disappeared, are progressive and constantly rewarding the player. Uh, yeah. no matter how good or bad they do. And it comes to the point where you're not losing. You're losing, but in a way you're not because you're still getting rewarded. It's about, about the carrot or the stick. And, you know, sometimes I think you need a bit of stick if you're going to enjoy the carrot, <laughs> and which is what <laughs> we're talking about with Gar- uh, Don's legendary weapon. That's the carrot. But if I beat him with a stick enough times, he's going to make that carrot taste just that little more delicious. <laughs> Do you like Dying Light? I like Dying Light. And next week, we are going to have some fantastic guests. We are going to have Powell, or is it Pavel? P-A-W-P. Pavel. Pavel. Blaskzak. Powell Blaskzak. He'll be coming on. He is the composer for the Dying Light video game. And that's absolutely fantastic. That's going to be something that's going to be brilliant because... Even before I contacted Pavel, I, you know, I did mention that I absolutely loved uh, his work on Dying Light, and I, sh- I showed Gareth because he's obviously the authority on everything music, even though it's quite narrow-minded and he'll play <laughs> the same songs from the same game for quite a long time. Um, I think that you know he's absolutely brilliant, and hopefully as well he's going to bring on the marketing director of Techland to let us know how they sort of launch a marketing campaign, what they have to go through to get it up and running, and also uh, what it takes to advertise a game. So that should be very good. Uh, so if, if you're a fan of Dying Light or just music in general, want to know how it's all done, how it's put together, and what were the sort of inspirations for Pavel, then please tune in next week. But don't go away yet. Please don't leave us. We've had a lot of disappointment in our lives and... We just really would appreciate if you could stick to the end. Because, you know, <laughs> I've been out, I went to Nando's with my daughter, and, you know, we were starting to talk about games, and 
you know, she humours me because she knows Daddy plays games. Uh, so this is me, uh, my new section I like to call Bell's Gaming Predictions. So, uh, Isabel, it's time for your section where you talk about which games are going to be good and which games are going to be okay, bad. Guys. So, yeah. Batman, is that going to be good or bad? Bad. Why is that? Because <laughs> boys. Because it's for boys. What kind of boys? Boys that like Batman. And what are they like? Oh, that's not very nice. Um, so what about Rainbow Six CA game? That's for girls. Is it for girls? And what is it about Rainbow Six CA game that makes it particular for girls? Because there's a rainbow. A rainbow. That's quite good, actually. How many rainbows are there? 100. There's 100 rainbows in Rainbow Six CA game. That's absolutely fantastic. There you go. She's a bit of a diva there, but she gave her insight <laughs> into Rainbow Six. Obviously, it's for girls because it's about rainbows. Gareth, what have you been playing this week? Um, I've been trying out some of the online on Borderlands just to see <laughs> if I could group up with some people and see if they were fighting any of the harder bosses and stuff. But You could have done that with me. I just think it's really sort of rude that, you know, I asked you a few weeks ago, oh, let's, let's do Borderlands. Oh, I don't know, I'll do it at Ken's. That was you literally know. like six months ago. But still, you could have said, hey, Rob, do you fancy coming on Borderlands 2? Well, it wasn't Borderlands 2, it was the pre-sequel. Well, you could have put on Borderlands 2, what's the difference? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm get out of it again. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, not really played anything. I've been, um, that uh, new StarCraft 2 Legacy of the Void beta starts like today, and I've been trying to get keys for it, but I yeah. can't, and I'm trying. What do you think that is? What? What? Why do you think that is, that you can't get keys to it? Uh, well, it literally only just came out, so Blizzard tend to be a bit more protective of games that are sort of in that raw of a state, but okay. they didn't say no, they just said, you know, we'll get back to you in a few days. <laughs> Leave us alone, Gareth, you bastard. The Game What podcast? Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's... I'm hoping to get keys for that, because... Well, tell them that we'll be interviewing the composer of the soundtrack of Dying Light... Hopefully oh, that will give us some bloody gravitas. Did you long enough? Did you um? Did you see what the April Fools for Dying Light is? Uh, something about maximum strength for a day. Yeah, so you can just punch zombies like for absolute miles. Well, to be fun. honest, that was what I was doing anyway because I was so <laughs> powerful at the end of the game. They didn't stand a chance against me, Gareth. Alright, Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it, it probably wouldn't have looked any different to what I was like when I was playing it. So, Gareth, what is it about you that makes you think that you don't have to play games in the week to be able to make this section work? Um, I just said I've been playing Borderlands. No, you said you tried to play Borderlands with some people. Yeah, not a lot of people playing the pre-sequel at like four in the morning. Which okay, is but how long did it take? Did it take you a week to come to that realization? 
No, I had to complete it first. I yeah. remember how I said that last boss is really annoying and terrible. Yeah. But you know, I took a few days away because it was really annoying. Yeah. Then came back and I beasted it after a few hours. And then uh, Sunday was WrestleMania day, so obviously that entire day was taken up with wrestling. WrestleMania, Gareth. Now, you know, you didn't play any games, but let's talk about a little bit of WrestleMania. We sure. might be sponsored by Weatherspoon Steak Night, <laughs> but we certainly wouldn't have you arriving at this podcast draped in steak. So what was Triple H thinking coming out and just showing what an actual disgusting beast commercialism is in America? It looked like his children had said, Daddy, Daddy, you know it's WrestleMania. Yes, children. Well, we've made you this suit out of tinfoil, Daddy. Oh, that looks lovely, but Daddy can't wear that because Daddy's a wrestler. Please, Daddy, it'll make us very sad if you don't wear it, but it's just made of wire and tinfoil daddy please okay and he had to kind of work that into something awful well you know they probably made a lot of money from advertising Terminator during a Wrestlemania and Triple H always has a ridiculous entrance anyway like I think last year he came out in like basically a suit of armour on a on a crown surrounded by beautiful women yeah which is how you dress and sit when you go to Weatherspoon you've got your own stage that you sit on and you sit there like some medieval king. <laughs> Inspired by Triple H, man. Yep. By the King of Kings. Behold the King of Kings. <laughs> I couldn't do it. But, you know, it was a great match, wasn't it, Gareth? And I'm not going to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. But if you wanted to see a particular thing happen 15 years ago, uh, the wait, let me tell you, wasn't really worth it. Because seeing <laughs> old age pensioners jump over each other and fall on the floor... Uh, it really didn't do it justice. But I looked into it, Gareth, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was quite disgusting that, you know, they let their contracts run down from WCW before they would join the WWF sort of invasion crossover. Uh, Hulk Hogan and stuff, they were still getting paid. So it just shows that money sometimes does rule things. And it would have been great to have NWO and versus uh, D-Generation X back then. But unfortunately, because they were more inspired by greed... That didn't happen, so that was never part of history. Yeah, but we still got like when the NWO, uh, when the NWO finally did come in, we got like Gareth, Rock versus Hogan. That happened literally ten years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, that 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 was nice, but don't spoil it for people that have never watched wrestling. I won't. But Rock versus uh, Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18 yeah. is unbelievably good, considering it's an old man fighting the Rock. Yeah, and that, that, match that was. Incredible. You know, that was just pure intensity. Uh, also, not giving it away, uh, someone done a particular impressive thing on someone else. Uh, <laughs> Gareth, that was fantastic, wasn't it? Because I wasn't expecting it. And to do it, first time in front of 70,000 people, knowing that you have to get it right that time, there could be no mistakes, otherwise it looked stupid. Absolutely fantastic. And it was so fluid as well. Just It was. Everything about that looks like they must have practiced it a thousand times but you know they yeah. didn't you know they just said before the match like oh this will be cool let's try it and then because yeah. they're both such professionals it just came off looking or unprofessional yeah. we don't want it to be a spoiler yeah that's true and uh, it, it was you know it was. I was like what I was like say what like if I was in the crowd I'd have been one of them people going oh this is awesome 
and stuff like that. Uh, but I, don't, I only watch WrestleManias, really. Sorry about this, Don. I know you think it's a load of childish junk. But uh, if you saw what one person, <laughs> one wrestler, did to another wrestler, you would find it it was impressive. Uh, so thanks, Gareth, for playing nothing. On to someone else who's probably played nothing <laughs> is Don Goss. Hi. What is going to be oh. your chosen subject when you tell us that you've played no games? <laughs> um, my uh, Fortunately, it doesn't really matter because I have been playing some Destiny this week. Uh, but oh, I've also please. played and, in fact, have been playing throughout the entire duration of this entire podcast, Bloodborne. Is that an yep. April Fool's? Nope. I'm, I'm literally been playing through, playing it ever since we started. <laughs> well, thank okay. you, Don, for taking this serious. You know, I'm sat here with flu, sweat's dripping down I'm, my head. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking this uh, podcast very serious by making sure that I have played even more of yet another game. Okay, so a lot of people are saying Demon Souls wasn't really my thing, Don. I'm not being horrible. I didn't like it. No, Dark mm-hmm. Souls, sorry. Demon yep. Souls, mate, uh, it's a bit more of the same, wasn't it? But it was multiplayer format. Dark Souls 2, pretty much more of the same. If I'm not going to like it, I'm not going to play those, am I, mate? What's that? What are you playing there? Is that Blood Bowl? What's that like? That made by <laughs> them people from software who made that stuff for no, I had to think about things, you know what I mean? It just done my nutty and I just had to get rid of it. What, what, what do you reckon of it, Don? <laughs> that sort of thing. Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a good impression. Um, I, uh, well, Bloodborne, oh, uh, it's, it's, uh, if you don't like Dark Souls, you're probably yeah. not going to like Bloodborne. Oh. That's probably the, the most obvious first thing to say. That said, it depends why you didn't like Bloodborne. Uh, Dark Souls. Um, the if the difficulty of Dark Souls was your main problem, then you might get on better with this. If you did, if you liked everything else about it, you liked the the way the stats work, all the items, uh, the, the 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 way the multiplayer kind of works with dropping in and out of uh, different people and summoning them, uh, the way that you can do. Uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say there. The the multiple use of magic and weapons and and items and all the rest of it very RPG-like. Um, but if that's all good for you, you just hated how hard it was, then Bloodborne might be more up your alley. Uh, it's not an easy game, by any means. Don't go thinking you can just crack through this. That's, what I, literally, that's what I literally was just thinking, Don. But thanks for sort of getting me out of that train of thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it, it's... How can I put it? it it's, it's harder in a different way. Um... The way Bloodborne works, it's it feels totally like a From Software game. It's it's you can tell they've built it just by looking at the environments. Stunning to look at. Um, the design work is fantastic. Uh, just it, it's just oh god, it's it's like piece of art to be honest. Find the words like for a piece of art. I know I, it's it's hard for me to do that and play the game yeah. at the same time. Probably not. I will just probably just stop playing the game for a second. Maybe, maybe give I the should, audience I... the attention they deserve. Yeah, yeah. But, because yeah. let's be honest, it's a hard game, Don, isn't it? <clears throat> okay, and you not giving it your full potential attention oh, is going to impact on your ability to play that game. But That's not only true. that, it's also going to impact your ability <laughs> to put across to the listeners how good it is. So, you know, pick one or the other. You can't be a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. I suppose. Right, I will stand in this corner where I don't think anything can kill me. 
hopefully. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but you're never just going to say, know. okay, I'll go off and play Bloodborne then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck with listeners, I'm going to yeah. play Bloodborne. Um, okay, so, yeah, very similar to Dark Souls. If you didn't like Dark Souls at all for any reason, you are not going to like this, so forget what it. What you like arseholes? If you like arseholes, you'd probably love this game. Oh, um, yes. There, there's quite a few enemies in these that are a little bit arsehole yeah. Uh But, yeah, it's, 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 more, it's like a more... Uh, action-focused Dark Souls. Um, all the systems in it are slightly bit more simplified, so it's a bit more accessible um, for everybody to play. Uh, that said, I still don't really understand everything. There's a whole bunch of stats and different things that you can collect and level up and build. And I, you know, you don't need to be able to pay that much attention to all that stuff to progress through the game and to enjoy it. Uh, it does help <laughs> when you, you know, there's basic, there's very basic RPG things like you can't wield certain weapons unless you're you know your strength or your endurance are at a certain level that kind of thing um very basic stuff though so it's not too complicated for people to get their head around things um, like that will pop up as you play the game and you'll get to... for instance my friend well he was my friend until he crossed me and i've struck him <laughs> struck him out of my life uh he was playing oblivion for a week before he realized that he could fast travel <laughs> and i shit you not literally I was around his house and he was playing it and uh, he was just walking everywhere and I was like, well, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, it's a bit of a drag, isn't he? Just having to walk, walk everywhere. Because I noticed that he'd opened up a hell of a lot of the map than I had and he said, well, it's just walking everywhere, isn't it? I said, you do know you can go to the map and just fast travel and at that point, there you go. It's just those things, Don. Don't let it get you down. One day, you will know everything there is to know. Ever. About everything. Don't give up. You're a good lad. She can say what she wants. <laughs> what? So you've uh, had problems kind of knowing what's going on. You can wield different swords, but you've got to have the ability to be able to weld them, Don. What Don just said on Facebook, I've decided to just play Bloodborne. Catch you next week. That's a bit. Well, maybe that's how good the game is. That's a good. Uh, that's a good show of how good the game is, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, if if you want uh, a better sort of show of how good that game is, then that's probably giving you all the incentive you need to go out and buy it. That literally mid conversation with somebody, Don just said, "Fuck this! I only want to play this game." Talking, <laughs> like I'm wasting my time talking about the game, time that I could be spent playing the game. Yeah, you know, and you know, if ever you want a seal of approval, uh, that is it, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, what have I been playing this week? Well, not too much, Gareth. Uh, a bit like you, there's not really much going on out there at the moment. I sort of dabble in little bits here and there, go into the world of Saints Row, uh, re-elected every now and then. Do a few missions, it doesn't really grab me. Yeah. Play a bit of Forza, do my FIFA career, but I just feel like I'm in a sort of limbo at the moment about what it is that I'm doing, uh, both in life and in my gaming life. And I think the way you're feeling at any given time reflects the games that you're playing and 
when 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 you do feel like things are uncertain, sometimes you just want to play games that give you that kind of sense of continuity, con- continuity. And FIFA does that for me. I can sit there playing it for eight hours and feel quite comfortable. Uh, but yeah, I, have, I haven't really played anything other than FIFA, Forza Horizon 2, because like I said, I was playing the crew and uh, I was playing it and all I was thinking is, this isn't as good as Forza Horizon 2. Mm. Do you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to play, instead of this, Forza Horizon 2. So I went out and I bought Forza Horizon 2 and then I played it and I was thinking, why would I play the crew if I can play Forza Horizon 2? It's a good question. Felt, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's quite nice. It's like sitting there and thinking, why am I watching snakes on a plane? Where I could watch Alive, which is basically uh, a documentary about some people that crashed their plane uh, into the sort of North Pole and had to eat each other. <laughs> oh my god! I know, Gareth. Haven't you seen Alive? No. Hey, you need to catch up on some films. I'm telling you. It's I'm true there's Don. He's back. Yeah. Something in his subconscious said they're Come talking back. about something that I enjoy. I should probably say words. <laughs> Don, are you okay? Yeah, sorry about that. My uh, my tablet decided it didn't want to talk to anyone anymore and shut itself off. Brilliant. Quite an arrogant tablet. Yeah. <laughs> so You'll you let get... your tablet dictate who you can talk to? Uh, yes, a little bit. Yeah. It's like, oh, Don, I'm not allowing you to talk to them two idiots again. <laughs> Why do you want to be seen with them? They're idiots. You don't want to talk to them. Come on, let's go. Let's leave. Yeah? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I-, I thought you got pissed off with me talking about Oblivion. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, oh. My girlfriend's brother uh, was a lead programmer on Oblivion, so no. Mm. Gareth, do you watch The Walking Dead? Yeah. Did you watch the finale? Yeah. Didn't you think it was a little bit anticlimactic? Um. Or are you going to be one of these dickheads that say, "Oh, it's about the human element." <laughs> what? It, I see why you would say it was anticlimactic, but the wait, way... wait, let's stop. Let's stop. The, the podcast basically at an end now. If you don't want to hear spoilers, Gareth's going to put the end title music right here. <laughs> Yo, so if you want to follow Gareth, you can follow at Game Banter at Twitter. If you want to go to his website, because he's been moaning that people haven't been visiting the website, but basically all it would be like is going to a Sainsbury's Superstore car park at one o'clock in the morning, absolutely nothing happening, standing out there in the freezing cold, wondering why the hell you're there, and probably never wanting to return. So no, no, go to www.gamebanter.co.uk, find out what Gareth thought of Max Payne 3. Got a lovely little review up there, haven't you, Gareth? Yes. People can read that, see what you think about it. Then return maybe a few days later and read it again. Because, you know, nothing new is going to come along. And, you know, you might you might see the review from a different angle. Or, you know, you might find something in the review that uh, you didn't notice first time around. That's a lot of the sort of things with Gareth's reviews is that they're designed for repeated reading. And every time you read it, you'll get something completely different from it. Absolutely amazing. So uh, if you want to hear about mine and Gareth's Walking Dead debate and Don is going to join in. Please uh, follow us after the end credits. Bye bye!
right now, this you could call this sort of lights camera banter or banter. oh my god, it's banter action. Lights banter action resurrected, go. reloaded, <laughs> resilience. You know, this is coming back big time. You know, Walking Dead. It's in geek culture. You can't get away from it, Gareth. Computer games are in geek culture, so they're going to intertwine together. Mm-hmm. I collect Walking Dead action figures, so does my girlfriend. And, you know, we may argue and stuff like that. And, you know, oh, Rob, we can't do sex tonight because my arm hurts, that sort of stuff. But we both enjoy watching The Walking Dead. And every Tuesday we'll go on Now TV, which is only £6.99 a month, unlimited viewing of TV shows such as Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. And we have a curry and we watch it and we both came to the realization last night that the ending of season five was, was quite disappointing gareth why because well the, the where i got lost was when rick noticed that there was some walkers that came into the walkers that came into the estate. He starts running at day, uh, during daytime and he only finally arrives at night time. Mm-hmm. How big is this place? Uh, big enough. Is that what she said? But the thing <laughs> is, Gareth, I thought it was a gate which led onto a little residential estate with a few houses. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so why did it take him all day to get there? Because it's a big place. There's oh, enough room you're... for shitloads of people there. Okay. So, you know, no one cares about the woman that goes out every now and then and pretends that she wants to die but doesn't actually kill herself. You've got uh, totally uninteresting characters that are here. You've got a wife beater who doesn't seem to beat any wives because, sorry if I'm wrong, Gareth, but if you were to beat your girlfriend, surely she'd be going into Weatherspoons on steak night with a black eye. Yeah, that's one weird thing, is that his wife never really showed any signs of being beat. Do you think she was just teasing Rick? No, <laughs> no, I just think it's a weird choice. When, like, you literally have zombies whose faces explode every single week. Yeah. That you can't do a little bit of makeup to show she's been hit, like, severely. Like, yeah. A bit weird. I know, you're, you're from up north, Gareth. You know what a beaten wife looks like. <laughs> so you're, you're going to look at that and it's not going to ring true, is it? And people say to me, oh, calm down, mate. It's a show about zombies, you know, and you're moaning that she hasn't got any bruises on it. I'm like, well, you know, you've got to keep it consistent. Who's masturbating? I think Don is uh, masturbating on Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah. That, or that, that would be me. Um... But I just thought it was all anticlimactic, to be honest. Uh, I don't know what... You know, a lot of people were very excited about the introduction of the wolves from the comic magazines, but if you didn't know who they were or you weren't familiar with the comics, then it wouldn't be possible to get excited. It's just a couple of guys in Rain Max. Yeah, and, like, that's... Clearly they're just setting up the bad guy for the next series. Yeah. But it's just two guys that we've we've only seen two guys who are a bit <laughs> mental. Yeah. Like just kill them well easily. Morgan kicked the shit out of him with a stick. Exactly. Like what the fuck? I mean And it... also, Gareth, I'm yeah. not being racist, but this is a guy these are two guys, Morgan and Rick, that have gone halfway across America. Even Daryl says to his soon to be love interest, We're fifty miles away from the camp. 
how the hell was Morgan even managed to get anywhere near where Rick and the others are? Because Rick left him a map. Of what? Where? So it's, Morgan shows it to Daryl in the episode, right? He hands him a map and Daryl looks at it. And on it, it says, like, come to Washington, signed Rick Grimes. You, you do realise Washington isn't kind of like a street. Yeah. It's yeah, but you know... If I said to you, Gareth, Don, uh, do you fancy coming to America? Yeah, right. I'll meet you in Washington. Or I'll meet you in New York. Oh, well, well, that's going to be a bit hard. No, 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 no. We'll just bump into each other eventually. No, but you'd probably go a certain way. Like, you'd go down the same motorway that I would go down, because there's no other cars. So you just go well, the I can't drive, way. so unless I'd be running down... And it's a highway, Gareth. Well, Morgan's been walking. We've seen him walking several times. You're one of these people. I thought I was going to have a. You're one of these people that just stick up for it, and you know it's wrong, but you still do it. You, you're in denial. That was the worst season of The Walking Dead. After they spent about ten years on the farm. Right, but if they hadn't spent that long on the farm, then it wouldn't have mattered when it got torn down. You feel a sense of loss when the farm's you gone. Do. It's a loss, but I don't feel that if people came in, you know, there's no rape. No one's been raped. That's you know, true. you've got well, you've got all these horrible people, but you know, the, I think the problem is they're trying to go for the psychological side of human trauma, stuck in that kind of world. What is Rick? Is he losing it? Is he unable to live in a society now that's you know civilized? Is he unable to adapt now? Has he got a bloodlust? Have all of them got it? Is, does Carol get wet every time she sees Rick get angry? Does Carol spur him on? I think the directors, the writers, they're great at sort of action set pieces. But when it comes to the human element and the psychology behind it... Sorry about that. It's just my housemate throwing pans at himself. Okay. could call him Peter Pan. Oh! Not Peter. No. Uh... I just don't think the writers specifically are talented enough as a same, some sort of Breaking Bad. Let's look at Breaking Bad, a high school teacher that kind of continually goes down this journey of losing himself and coming out the other side as someone completely different. Now, that is genius writing. And I don't think the writers of uh, Walking Dead are at that level to even begin to start writing about the inner workings of psychology. I I kind of disagree. Oh, you would do. Because Rick's had a pretty clear character progression of slowly turning into, like, kind of a soulless badass. <coughs> and plus, this is a show with about 20 characters at any one time, instead of Breaking Bad, where there's, what, two that you give a shit about at any one time. So we're talking about too many actors spoil the script. Which is, you know, a saying that we have down in London. Well, I mean, that <laughs> that has to factor in to a certain extent. Like, you can't yeah. write an ensemble show the same way you would write a drama show like Breaking Bad, which focuses on, like, basically two characters. Yeah, but, but there... then you had the, the family, the overriding thing. You had Hank, you had his wife, you had Marie, you had his son. You had all these sort of peripheral characters. You even got Sol Goodman. Right, but none of those characters changed in any way, basically, from the start. 
Yeah, but they were well-rounded individual characters that you could probably create a spin-off show of any of them. Who would want to watch a spin-off show of Carol called Better Call Carol? And every now and then you'd call her. Oh, I'd want to see one little bitch boy, Carl, go around crying. Or Glenn, who, you know, just goes around beating up men for some reason and then not killing them. You know, is there any character in that show that you would like to watch a spin-off series about? Well, here's the thing, is... No. No. But they are doing a spin-off show. Yeah. And I do want to watch that because it's... (coughs) What I like about The Walking Dead is the ensemble and the way the ensemble interacts with the world. Yeah. Whereas, like, like Better Call Saul is a fantastic show. Yeah. uh, That just kind of focuses on just one dude and, like, sure, other characters will sort of orbit around him, but it's mainly about him. Yeah, um, and I think that is what where The Walking Dead has gone wrong in trying to. I mean, the woman that's uh, that's the leader of this sort of community and her husband. I didn't care when her husband got slashed up. I didn't know him. I didn't know his interests, his motivations. She says she wants this and that, but it's so robotic. I don't feel any warmth towards any of those characters. You do know his motivations. His his motivations are very sort of out there, straightforward, quite simple. You know, and whenever they introduce these characters, that I would prefer it's just to have been Rick and his son, and maybe a few others all the way through it. But you know, they dilute it by adding all these characters. Like when they added, uh, everyone hates Chris. Uh, then he died. I don't really care. Oh, Noah was cool. He was nice, and then the way he died was so horrific. You had to Food. feel bad about it. But the thing is, have you watched uh, the Road? <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, with Viggo Mortensen, right? Yeah. No, I've not seen it. Absolutely fantastic. And if you want to see like human element during times like that, an apocalyptic crisis, that is how you do it. You know, it is. It's not. I find that they're kind of. I know people say the whole point in Walking Dead is that they're just trying to survive, but they're just. There's no kind of driving force behind it anymore. And I think that's become a problem as well. In that, what? I loved the uh, the governor storyline, the plot, because that's what they do best: two warring factions against each other, the brutality of humanity. Not trying to, you know, the the one where he had a fight with um, the the wife beater, the guy. Mm-hmm. That could have been an episode of EastEnders. <laughs> you almost expected it when he came in. Oh, what are you doing here with my wife? To go. Doof, 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 doof. You know, and it, it was more like a soap opera. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think you're being very harsh. I'm so. I, this is from a genuine fan. You know, I've got onto the comic books at the moment. I'm reading Compendium One. Uh, it, it's quite good. Uh, I collect the figures. I collect almost me and my girlfriend. We've got posters up around our house a bit. And you know, we must say we, we were left a little bit kind of anticlimactic towards the end. When, when you consider it, it's it's not bad to be an action-packed TV series. I understand it's hard to stretch it out over 16 episodes per series. But, you know, when when you had the governor turn up at their, the prison uh, that they were staying at and he beheaded Herschel, that was fantastic. I and, obviously you know, don't disagree with you on that. But I when think... you compare that to the, the last episode, it's like day and night. Well, a lot of people have kind of the opposite complaint to you I find which is that they say there's far too much character development 
Like, what people want is a main character die in every episode and fucking yeah. crazy set pieces all the time. Whereas that's just not realistic. Like, it's not. If they're on a, if they're in the safety of a farm, why would they go out and risk their lives? Why would anything? And then that's bad not happen? interesting. But and it, the series suffered a lot because of that. But it makes sense, so I can forgive it personally. Like it does make sense. It's like the calm before the storm, you know. If if you don't see these characters content and happy, when they get everything ripped away from them, it doesn't matter because they're already we're having a miserable. It's like that Sasha girl. Annoying. She's annoying. Right, she obviously is annoying, but <coughs> yeah. she had her boyfriend die after getting mutilated, and then her brother yeah. died like the next day. Yeah, and now she's just fucking mental. But the thing is, it's clumsily done. It's like Maggie. We look at the character development there. This season, season five, she's been pretty much a peripheral character who's just sat next to that woman while she's been talking. You know, we haven't seen that tenderness between her and Glenn. All we got was Glenn saying. I love you in the last episode and then walking off. <laughs> her you sister know? died. She watched her sister get... Oh no, she didn't watch it. She saw oh. her sister's corpse with a bullet hole in her head. But you can't just leave a character for six, seven episodes and then expect people to care when they want to shift back to her. But you can when you spent like four or five episodes in the previous series giving her a personality and giving her <coughs> things to do and letting her grow as a character like when these characters do finally die it matters because two series ago you found yeah, out something right. important about their backstory like they're playing like the we, long we, game we your friends at school oh i used to be good friends with that guy oh did you hear john got hit by a car oh that's a shame yes Maybe that's because i'm cold Maybe. <laughs> but, you, you know, it's it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? It's like when Noah died, I didn't really care because they kind of abandoned his character development and thought that they could just pick it up when... I oh, feel sorry for Noah now because he's getting his internal organs ripped out. But it's, it's kind of... It's, even Daryl, let's be honest, his character, I know there's not much to evolve from Daryl, but suddenly one minute he's all brooding and I don't trust anyone. The next minute he's jumped in a car with this guy and they're best friends and pally pally. So, you know, I just, I don't know. Daryl, as a character, has grown... Immeasurably. Massively. Like, that whole episode where him and Beth were in the, uh, like, the cabin. And just drinking moonshine and just... Like, basically nothing happened during that whole storyline. Yeah, but it was engaging because you got to learn about that character. But then when you sort of step off of it and you kind of let it go for a few episodes it kind of loses momentum you're 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 aware that you care about that character and you like them but when they're doing base things such as going out and looking for supplies or they're in danger yeah it does get heartbeating a little but you know you, you kind of feel that you haven't had any emotional attachment with that character you know you should care but you're not quite sure why and i think that's uh, i think it could do with cutting down the cast quite a lot and i don't like these extras at this new sort of housing complex you know when they had that party there seemed to be a house full of people and then you never saw them again well the thing is that i think a lot of those people aren't going to last very long already three of them died in like the last two episodes so (laughs) they're going to drop like flies well i hope so and you know it seems that the only continual real person that we're 
So I like, I like the fact that Carol's a bit of a psychopath. I think she's pretty much damaged. But then we've only seen sort of glimpses of Carol. This It's been a bit of a season of nothingness, really. If I was to tell you, I could sum it up quite easily. Easily, if you said, "Oh, what happened in season five? I could say, "Well, they came across uh, this community of people. They were quite wary of the group." Uh, Tyrese got bitten. Oh, poor Noah! Noah got his guts taken out. And uh, also, what else happened? Oh, they, they're still there. You know, they're, they're still at this sort of housing place. Oh, anything else? Uh, Rick had a fight with a wife beater. What well, do you not remember that the very first episode <coughs> of the series was them escaping from Terminus? Yeah, that's fantastic. Exactly. That's over the course of a series, they've escaped from basically about to be carved up and eaten. Yeah. To now they're in a safe, relatively safe place in Washington. Like that happened over only sixteen episodes or whatever. Like, yeah, they covered some ground. Carol fucking murdered two children. Yeah, but she murdered one. Oh, that's right. The one child murdered the other child, and then she was. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Mate, they've been through a lot in the past 16 episodes. Could you murder a child, Gareth? Um, I mean, yeah, they're really tiny and, like, they break easily. Yeah. But would I? Is, is a different question. Like to, <laughs> I don't think I would. No. But I think I could pretty... I think anybody who's above the age of, say, eight could murder a, a smaller child pretty easily. What about if it was sort of Holdor in Game of Thrones, like a man with a mind of a child with the body of a brute? Well, no, because Holdor's fucking beefy as hell. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's it's moments like that where you think, what would I do in that situation? You know, could I do the same thing? And I think that's what's good about Walking Dead. But then again, I don't think that this series has asked many questions of you as a as a viewer. I don't think it's asked those kind of moral questions in what would you do, what would you do in that situation? I mean, the whole would you go into that town and be a part of their community is a massive question in itself. Yeah, and I think they are naive and stuff like that, but, you know, they seem to be pretty fine before the others turned up. You know, Rick says, you got to do this, you got to be this, you got to be that now, it's different. But, you know, these people pretty much survived the outbreak without losing any of their people, really. Well, until no. Until showed up. No, because, the, like, when Glenn is on the run with that guy, and, like, as he's... Just before he's about to be ripped to shreds, he says, like, like we ran away, we let him die or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, me and my girlfriend had to rewind that several times because we couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, so basically, like, him and his mate, who is the one Glenn was had the gun to the head of in yeah. the finale. Him and his mate were like part of the old crew that went on runs and yeah. then something happened and they just left the other people behind to die. So like... Yeah, and so they're not good at doing runs but well, you know, the but, place is pretty secure. And really. also like the um, the construction site that woman <laughs> fell over and that one guy was like right, run away everyone, <laughs> run now! That would be me. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, oh, let's go, come on, oh god. See that. But yeah. there you go. But I that seems like to be that seems to be like their rule seems to be if anything happens, just run away, leave people yeah. behind, just run away. So, so then these it. people coming in and being like, no, we <laughs> don't leave people behind. We fucking save our own. Is like yeah. a massive change in philosophy. <coughs> yeah, that is it. But you know, one man's 
junk is another man's treasure. <laughs> okay, well, that's been absolutely fantastic, this episode of Lights, Banter, Action. Uh, thanks for joining us, Don. Thank you. Uh, and Gareth, thank you for our little debate. I don't really come across many people in life uh, that are Walking Dead fans, so thanks for letting me come across you. Anytime. Thank you very much. <laughs>